Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is Troy Christopher Plota, and today's episode is going to be about motion art, the history of motion art, and my predictions on where I believe it's going. Okay, so here we go. Let's roll, and let's dive straight into motion art. Okay, so if you're new to motion art, this is the exciting new uh, format that just in the past couple years has become popular um, with videos being able to um, loop on social media through Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and, and now Plotiverse, which is really exciting. Um, but motion art basically consists of videos or GIFs that loop. And there's this whole new realm now that exists in between the traditional still photo and the traditional video. And it's called motion art. Um, motion art usually consists of um, plotographs, cinemagraphs, video loops, time lapses, motion graphics, morphs, and even a still image with a video overlay on top of it. Okay, so um, we're going to dive into a little bit of the history of motion art and how this came about. So um, as you, as we roll here, if you have any questions, go ahead and send us messages. We'd love to hear from you and we get the dialogue started. Okay, here we go. Okay, in 1987, the GIF was invented. So this is probably like where the beginning of motion art began is people started realizing that you have these GIFs that you can play that kind of keep circling back. And whether it was done with, um, with graphics or videos or even pictures, a couple pictures, that sort of thing, um, that's kind of the beginning of where motion art began. But what happened is the computers started coming up and going through the 90s and even 2000s. Um, there weren't too many places to play it because the internet connection was slow. It more kind of had to be on your computer and stuff. But now as connections are getting faster, now we're on mobile. Um, just a few years ago, Facebook started implementing um, GIFs. And this was a pretty big deal because um, I just remember when it first started happening, like, yes, we can finally do a GIF on Facebook. This is awesome. And then we started ourselves kind of coding um, to accommodate the GIFs and then, you know, figuring out how to export GIFs properly, how to get the right size so people could actually see them moving properly and stuff. So kind of 1987 is the beginning of this whole sort of platform. As you go forward and, you know, even through the 90s and 2000s, um, there's just so many things that kind of like popped in that kind of got you thinking about, hey, there's something that's there other than just that traditional still photo. Like, you know, just think right now, think about a, a still photo. Got it in your head and, you know, these have been around for now for a couple hundred years and there's a really an amazing art to still photography. Um, I've been a, a photographer for over 30 years professionally and um, for me, motion art is so exciting because you have this new medium. And I kind of like, I've shot quite a bit of stuff. Um, I'm a fashion advertising photographer, lifestyle, uh, different campaigns, shot all around the world. And you get kind of a little bit bored of just shooting stills, at least for me. I, I, I kind of, I've been doing it for so long. I just kind of wanted to up my game to try to figure out what I can do next to express whatever my feelings were or my thoughts are in a particular image. So motion art is really exciting. Um, and then on the other side, you have a traditional video. And once again, think about just a traditional video, um, how it goes from A to Z. It tells a story basically, and generally it's kind of cut together. So this other world of motion art 
um, you know, starting with GIFs, now can actually be looped through videos. And there's a video format called MP4s, and that's kind of the most popular format right now. And so as Facebook implements looping GIFs on Facebook, um, pretty soon after they started looping MP4s. So this is videos. And a little background as far as how this works is um, a GIF generally has 256 colors. So it's very limited in quality and it's very limited in, in how many colors you can have to where an MP4 has thousands of colors. And so ideally you wanna loop motion art through a video, through looping MP4s um, instead of a GIF because you just get more clarity, you get more colors and stuff. So um, right now, you know, kind of coming up to present time, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Plotiverse, all these social platforms now loop MP4s. Um, and generally, like for example, uh, Plotiverse will loop any video a half a second up to, I believe it's 30 seconds is kind of what our cutoff is right now. So half a second to 30 seconds. Uh, Instagram is three seconds. Your loop has to be at least three seconds, and I believe up to 30 seconds, um, or under 30 seconds, I should say, um, which is the same exact thing for Facebook. So, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Twitter's pretty recent actually that they've, they implemented the looping content. So we're pretty excited about that too. So it's just, you know, obviously getting very popular. It's hard to really keep people's attention. So if you're scrolling through social media and you just see a traditional still, it's kind of easy to fly by. You know, we've kind of been there, done that, seen a lot of, uh, stills, I speak for myself. <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time, um, but it just, you know, it still it's not as exciting to me. So, and then you have a video, and a lot of times it's hard to tell a story with a video without the audio. So, if you're in bed with your significant other, if you're on a bus or a train or a plane or whatever, you know, a lot of times if you don't have headphones, you can't really watch the video without sound. So, that's where the looping uh, motion art comes in is you can tell a story and you can have sound on it, it just adds to it, but you don't necessarily need it. And it really catches your eye. So that's um, one of the kind of exciting things about motion art. And, and my prediction for the future on this whole platform is that it's gonna really be a big game changer for content providers, for artists, for advertisers, because it's, it's a fast thing. You can tell a story pretty quickly and you can add audio to it. So um, it, it's just it's just exciting, and I could literally um, I could talk about this all day. <laughs> all right, cool. So let's go ahead and go into our next segment. I got some a uh, few more details here for you that are pretty cool, and we'll move on to the next one. Okay. Okay. In this segment, we're going to talk about the tools to create motion art and the uses. So you know, back in the late '90s, the Matrix came out. And they did this whole segment, this whole thing called the Big Freeze. And that's where they took all of these cameras and they put it on this, it wasn't a dolly, but they just put it on this kind of like track that went all the way around. And they shot all these images. I don't remember how many, I think it was like 32 or something like that all at once. And they used it in the movie like that way. And I remember seeing that going, oh my gosh, you know, just when you think you've seen everything, they come out with the Matrix, and it was really cool. And they still use it nowadays. They still use it for a few things. It's kind of a cool little trick and stuff that you can do on the red carpet or in different movie sets and stuff. But what I thought was cool is looping it. You know, So I remember being in the studio 
and setting up. I didn't have all these cameras, of course. So I would just set up the camera on a dolly and I would circle one particular thing and then we'd create GIFs out of them. And that was kind of like, I'd, so like late 90s doing motion art that particular way. Um, so nowadays, now that we have digital screens, it's just the sky's the limit as far as what can happen. I was actually in a gallery in Maui and right in the front of the gallery, they had this really amazing piece that was um, a motion art piece, fully framed. They're selling out. I'm not even sure how much it was sold for, but I'm, I'm sure like thousands of dollars. Um, and I was super excited to see that because back in the day, everything was print and a digital screen was very expensive, very heavy. And so now that basically we carry around digital screens in our pockets, <laughs> you know, and most, you know, millennials or Generation Z um, kids who are out there, they don't even really know anything other than having a smartphone in their pocket, basically. So there's so many more ways now to view motion art. And so the matrix for me is what really kind of like set that kind of on a path. Um, and then there's this other thing that we're doing. Of course, you know, the, we have the software Plotograph. Um, it's one of the, you know, apps that's in the suite of Plotiverse. And that's basically just moving pixels and looping it. And there were many ways of doing this in the past. Um, and I think, you know, Hollywood, of course, kind of discovered a way of taking these old softwares and tricking them into creating these, um, you know, these motion arts through, you know, pixel displacement. Um, and I remember first time seeing that in the mid nineties and, or I no, not mid nineties, I say mid two thousands. It was like, so cool. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what am I looking at? How do they do this? Um, so we played around a little bit, you know, I did some stuff commercially with it, with my team and it, it was hard because there weren't many places to put it, you know, and clients were like, Oh, this is super cool, but what do I do with it? Where do I play it? And, and literally, you know, how do I print it? So, and that's the thing is, um, with motion art, it really needs a digital screen, uh, whether it's a plotograph or cinemagraph or, you know, motion graphics, whatever it might be. So the different tools to make the different, you know, things of motion art, you know, we had in the nineties, you basically really only had Photoshop or you had, um, you know, the different Adobe tools. And that's kind of like what most of us back in the day started with. And we would just trick everything into working and t taking various softwares and stitching it together and creating GIFs and stuff. Um, and then as we got through the 2000s, you could still mostly really only create GIFs, not really too big. It wasn't really, you couldn't do these like really large formats. And, and then they, they still didn't loop. Um, and you would really need to do some, you know, lots of code injection into a website or whatever it might be. Um, so that's why in the past couple years, it's really kind of come into its own because now we have social media, uh, devices are getting faster, screens are getting better, and internet connections are getting faster. So all these things have kind of led to this culmination of motion art coming into play. And, um, and just to me, once again, it just, it's super exciting. It's just like a whole new um, medium. Um, so we're working right now on putting together contests and we're, you know, we, we have a pretty cool community that's out there. Um, Instagram probably mostly really right now, there's such a large community of motion artists who are creating everything from like 3d projects to plotographs to cinemagraphs to motion graphics. And, and everybody's just trying to push the limit <laughs> and challenge each other to keep pushing. And it, it's super exciting. Um, 
And a Plotiverse, that's basically what we've put together is we've taken all these influencers, ambassadors, and said, okay, you want a place that not only does your content loop and loop in half of a second, but it's an HD. And I think that's even one of the struggles that we have right now on Instagram is that you have most of, you know, everything, well, not most, everything is standard definition. So when you post to Instagram, your content, your video is reduced to standard definition. And it really is hard to look at emotion art this way because a lot of it's still, so you're basically looking at a really kind of crappy version of the still and something's moving behind it. Um, so, but, so we're getting there, you know, things keep growing and things keep um, progressing and stuff. And I'm sure Instagram will up it at some point and, and hopefully go HD some, you know, sometime soon. But um, the tools, basically, it's, it's not just about Adobe now. No, Adobe obviously has fantastic software and they keep adding to their suite and there's really some great stuff there. Uh, but, you know, you have Autodesk and you have, you know, Cinema 4D and then different morphing softwares that are out there. Um, and then, of course, After Effects is kind of like, a, you know, standard sort of like next level working on a timeline and sky's limit with After Effects it's a little bit of a steep gradient to use. Um, but, you know, that, that's what you need to do when you start going next level on stuff. So, um, but there are, there are different apps that are out there, you know, including Plotograph and Plotiverse, and, and now we have Plotomorph that are making things easier. So I think um, the, to get into doing motion art, you really had to sit there for like a lot of hours to learn different software. So things are getting easier to use now. So I think it's helping for people to kind of get into motion art and create really cool stuff. Um, and, you know, a way of cheating in this is, is our video overlays. And the video overlays are just super exciting because you just take these elements and you just throw it on top of your still image or on top of a photograph and it just 10Xs the excitement of whatever the heck's going on in that image. It's so much fun. Um, my team and I actually are working really hard on getting some really um, advanced overlays. You know, these video overlays that are coming out, we're actually doing photographs as overlays, we're doing morphs as overlays, and then matching that with a still overlay in between and sandwiched within that, it just creates all these layers of like just magic. <laughs> so but that's a little bit about the tools. I'm going to do some more podcasts uh, down the line that kind of go into a little bit more of this and talk a lot more about the tools and different ways of using it. And as I mentioned in the intro podcast, uh, monetizing. Uh, it's something really important to me. I think that as an artist, you spend a lot of time producing things and there's a lot of um, brands and there's a lot of companies out there who need that content, who would love nothing more than to have that content to help advertise. So if you can create, have this passion to create motion art and make money from it, that's the most ideal situation there is. And that's what we're really working hard on helping to kind of create that too. Cool. Okay. So that's it for that. We're going to go into the next segment and uh, we got some more goodies for you. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So let's talk about who's using motion art and both for whether it's advertising or social media and all that stuff. Because you know, as you know, we've been kind of on the forefront of this for a while and we're seeing it grow, we're seeing it grow, we're seeing it grow, we're seeing it explode and we're like, yes, keep going. And that, it's just going to keep keep doing that. You know, it's going to keep blowing up and keep getting more attention and stuff. Um, but so far, just 
just who we've worked with in you know the past year or even two years, um, I think the the biggest first to market who really kind of got this and, and took off with it was Shaq. Shaq, um, there was there's an influencer that we work with quite a bit um, called, named The Glitch. And this guy is awesome. He's fantastic. He's very avant-garde with his work. And, and Shaq just fell in love with it. And so he, he became a fan and started posting photographs and different you know things of motion art. And But we also have, um, let's see, Jay Alvarez has been posting photographs. Paris Hilton. We've been working a little bit with Paris Hilton. Pretty cool. Uh, Kourtney Kardashian. Uh, Alicia Keys. Um, the Grammys actually brought us in a few months ago and I went in and I was able to shoot, um, a bunch of the celebrities there at the Grammys and it was just pretty epic time. And, um, you know, the guys at the Grammys really love motion art and they love photographs. So they're like, Hey, what could we do together? So we ended up going in and, um, who did I shoot? I shot like everybody from, um, Luis Fonsi to Cardi B, P. Diddy, Pink. I shot Sting. And uh, we just basically, I designed the backdrop to shoot these artists on that we ended up animating. It was funny because um, on the red carpet, one of the events for the Grammys, um, P. Diddy comes off the you know the red carpet and we're kind of like, hey, you know, let's, we want to do a photograph. You want to shoot a portrait. He comes up and he has, I guess what he calls his family with him, maybe 10 people or so. And he steps up to the set and I'm shooting him and kind of group shot, not really, it's hard to shoot 10 people at once, you know? And behind us on set, we were playing, we had some photographs just kind of looping. And P. Diddy was like, what is that? I go, that's a photograph. That's what we're doing right now. And he's like, hold on, you're going to, you're taking a picture of me. And you're going to do that. He's like, everybody off the set, get the way that, everybody off the set. I want that. And we just all started laughing because it was like, he gets it. He saw it immediately, you know? So it's fun because the artists, you know, who are kind of been making these for years and kind of doing this and really passionate about it, we're right now seeing like um, a groundswell of artists and brands and agencies really kind of getting it and and picking this up. And so, so, you know, it's super exciting. Um, Chevy, I think, was one of the first um, brands that we worked with a couple years ago. Um, we did like a pretty big campaign for, for them for, through Fleischman Hillard. Um, and then um, GoPro, we've been working a lot with GoPro, not, not necessarily even hand to hand, but just uh, they, they post photographs. You know, they're seeing our influencers take it, um, take our images and do their magic with them. And GoPro is actually a pretty awesome camera. Um, obviously very simple to shoot with and stuff, but just the lenses that are on a GoPro and the way that they shoot and the, the saturation, <laughs> you know, um, it, it just makes for really good animations on a GoPro photo. Um, and Red Bull kind of prides themselves on being kind of first to market there as far as like, you know, finding, um, you know, you know, different photographs that are out there and they started featuring it off the bat and stuff like that. So who else? Let me think about this. Um, Lady Gaga, actually, during um, the Grammys, um, we had our team just kind of basically photographing um, all these images that were coming off the Grammys. And there was this shot of Lady Gaga leaning across her piano, and that was animated, and they ran that during the Grammys and stuff. That was pretty cool. But anyways, it's just the sky's the limit. you know. So if you're looking to 
um, monetize or if you're looking to get discovered and you're a photographer, I just I don't think there's a better way basically to, you know, kind of like stand out from the crowd. There's what billion people on Instagram or whatever it is, you know, there's, it's just really hard now to kind of like get out there as an artist and kind of stand out from the crowd. And with photography, you have that one image to captivate somebody to tell that story. And it's great. And it's amazing. It's super cool. Um, but how do you keep them? Like how, you know, and for me, it's like another tool in the tool belt of a photographer to be able to kind of add, whether it's video overlays, uh, or animate the image or morph the image or, or whatever it might be add some 3D effects to it. Uh, it, it's just more tools. And if you're displaying an image uh, digitally, it's it's not like print. In print, we were stuck. You, you literally have one frame, that's all you get, and even the colors and the saturation, you know, I remember back in the day when we'd shoot film, um, and I've spent you know years in the dark room, years you know doing black and white in the dark room, and then shooting transparency and, and, and color negative and stuff. And as things would go to press, it would just be such a bummer because, you know, you know the colors, you know what you captured, you know what you were looking at when you shot it. And it's really hard to duplicate that on print. It's really hard to print that out and, you know, and maintain that saturation, especially with advertising, you know, um, whether it was for a billboard or, you know, of course, a newspaper uh, or magazine, just the print couldn't really capture, you know, uh, what you actually did capture, you know, in the film. So now digital displays are fantastic because you could actually really see what's going on. You could really get a lot closer to what the real thing is. And from there, you could even one-up it, you know. Um, you have HDR photography, like Trey Ratcliffe has a really fantastic software to create great HDR images and just to bring them to life and, um, and bring them next level even because you're able to actually do multiple images and really kind of like show and capture um, the different, you know, the saturation. And, and when you combine images, that's really exciting. Actually, I remember when HDR first came out, it was like, oh my gosh, what am I looking at? It's like hyper colors and stuff. And I've always kind of been very excited about anything that would be kind of next level. Like I, I like fantasy. I like surreal. I like all of these other sort of ways to kind of like that are not just, you know, normal. Um, there's a lot of people who really love, you know, documentary photographer and capturing moments and these sort of things. And that's really fantastic. It's such an art. Uh, but for me, I've always been really captivated by like, what's next? You know, what's you, even with looking at a picture, you know, it's like, it's like reading a book. It's like, you know, do you like fiction or do you like nonfiction? I like both, but you know, I, when I shoot, I really love nonfiction, you know, not necessarily what's there, you know, it's like what's there and then what could be there, you know, or what are those colors and then what are some colors that you can add on top of that? So, um, that's basically anything digital in the digital arts. It, it's, you know, the sky's the limit now and it's just, it's super exciting, a lot of fun. And you're going to find that a lot of celebrities and a lot of influencers really love this medium because they're able to actually um, get more attention from it. So there are influencers who reach out to us and like, hey, you know, we have the shot. Can you animate it for us? Let's work together. And so we're starting to do a lot more of that. And what's fun is the collaboration between artists now. Back in the day, it wasn't necessarily like that in photography. 
um, for most of my career, we were, you know, photographers were very much lone wolves. And we had our own production companies or we had our own studios and we didn't really converse with other photographers. You know, it was more like a competitive sort of thing. Nowadays, like what's happening with the millennials and Generation Z and, and how everybody's kind of coming together and you have one person who's an animator, you have one person who's a retoucher, one person who's a photographer, one person does 3D, <laughs> you know, and, and we have ways now where we can all help each other out. And, you know, I've just, I've never really seen anything like it. It's really exciting. It's a lot of fun and it really kind of brings things next level. So cool. Okay. So that's it for now. I'm going to go ahead and end off here a little bit. I'm going to do a closing segment and give you a little some tidbits as far as what's coming down the line. But once again, if you have any questions, if you have any thoughts, if you have any, um, you know, really kind of like, you know, whatever your thoughts are in motion art, send it to us. Um, you can reach us most of the time on Plotiverse and the Plotiverse app. Um, my team and I all have our own um, profiles, of course. And so we all, we're always kind of, you know, interacting there and answering questions and stuff. So but cool. So we'll end off here and I'll give you a little data on for the next show and um, we'll get rolling. Okay. Okay. So next episode, I'm going to have my first guest and we're bringing the beautiful Sasha Scheider on. Um, many of you know that she's my partner and uh, she comes from a painting artist background uh, as well as a business background. So she has a really unique kind of different perspective on motion art than I do. So we, we kind of like we'll go back and forth and we have these kind of intellectual conversations about, <laughs> you know, what the future holds for art and digital art and motion art and all of that good stuff. So that will be fun. Um, and once again, I think this is like my first full podcast. So this has been quite interesting learning experience. And, um, I look forward to down the line, you know, bringing more guests on like, you know, everything from photographers to painters, to motion graphic artists, to 3d animators, um, and art directors too, you know, art directors, creative directors, um, you know, brand leaders as far as like, you know, to, to get an understanding as far as what they're looking for and what they're looking at. And then as we learn, because I'm learning as we go here too, like we get to see like, how can we monetize this? How can we um, have this passion for motion art and do the things that we do and, you know, charge for it? And then how much do you charge for it? Like what, you know, what's the going rate? And this is all kind of like, um, you know, happening in real time. There's so many artists all over the world. And, and one of the things that's kind of fun is, you know, within the Plotograph community and Plotiverse community is we have friends from all over the world, you know, Indonesia, for, for whatever reason, um, to, this is a shout out to all my peeps in Indonesia. We have so many um, artists in Indonesia, it's unbelievable. So um, Sasha and I are talking about doing a trip out there within the next year and, and uh, just, you know, meeting with our different fans out there and stuff. Um, but all over the world, you know, just... Um, artists just are coming together and, and social media, it's, it's a really amazing how we're able to put, you know, meet different people from different parts of the world. And, and a lot of times we're not even speaking the same language, you know, so we're kind of interpolating like, <laughs> hold on, what does this mean? <laughs> um, but so, you know, as, as technology gets better and as it's easier to um, interpret different languages and stuff, it's, it's just going to keep getting better and better. And 
uh, artists always are on the forefront of you know technology and even mankind as far as like you know look what um, artists have done just throughout the ages you know so and, and in this case it's no different uh, and right now we have this new medium fairly new medium digital you know um, this has not been around for very long and it's just super exciting to see kind of like you know to imagine what's coming down the line and of course you know we have ar and vr and we'll get a little bit into that also and that obviously uh motion art is very relevant within both of those mediums too so um once again you know if you like what we're talking about if you have any questions if you want to be a guest if you have any thoughts on somebody who could be a guest we would love to hear from you and you know give us your thoughts let us know uh what you're thinking and um, you know, we just, we just love talking this and we love helping artists. So, um, you know, jump on over to Plotaverse. You'll find us there. Uh, my username is Troy Christopher Plota and you'll find different artists within our group, within our team that all have, you know, we have video guys, we have other photographers, we've got painters. Um, our whole entire, um, uh, company over at Plotaverse is, is artists We're, you know, the whole thing was designed by artists for artists, and we're really, really proud of that. And you know, right now, you know, as we go, I figured, hey, let's do a podcast. Let's put some information out there. And as we learn, we'd love for you to learn also, and we learn from each other. So that's kind of like the, the collaborative sort of way that we um, put together our community, and, and we're really proud of that. And you know, hats off to Facebook and hats off to Instagram. Um, for being on the forefront of the technology for social media. Because, you know, without those two apps, first off, you know, um, they really kind of led the way for what's happening with artists and just with families and whatever it might be, you know, whatever kind of floats your boat. So, and we're here to kind of um, bring things next level. And we're, you'll find us also, we have um, uh, Plotograph and Plotiverse on Instagram, and you'll find us at Plotograph and Plotiverse on Facebook too. Cool. Okay. So that's it for this podcast and I'll be back soon and, um, and stand by for Sasha. You guys are going to be really excited to, um, hear what Sasha has to say. And she's just, you know, super smart and really, um, fun to listen to too. Okay. See you soon.